Hey, this is John Legadakis of johnlegadakis.com and I want to thank you for joining me on this podcast. This podcast is a live recording of an interview I do each week with other internet marketers, personal development and business leaders where we talk about how we can better promote our products and services online, get more traffic and make more sales. I hope you get a lot out of today's recording. Hello and welcome to the podcast, everyone. It's great to have you here. Thank you so very much for joining us. Our special guest today is Patrick Malone, all the way from the US. Thank you so much for joining us, Patrick. Uh, Thanks for having me, John. Let me tell you a bit about Patrick. So Patrick T. Malone is a senior member at PAR, a management consulting firm with over 35 years of experience in operations and sales management. He has worked with a number of Fortune 500 clients, including Hewlett Packard, DuPont, Coca-Cola, and the American Cancer Society. He's also a renowned speaker and has been the chairman on many boards. So we're so grateful to have you here, Patrick, for what you can share with us, your insights uh, into business and what's worked for you, what hasn't worked for you. Uh, But before we do that, tell us a bit about Patrick Malone, the person. So who is Patrick Malone? Where were, where were you born? Where did you grow up? What is family life like for you? What, what were your, some key influences in your early parts of your life? Okay. I'm, I was born in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, up in the north, uh, Midwest. I was the oldest uh, of four children. But probably the biggest influence on my life, would, I would say, would be my, my schooling initially because I uh, went to a Catholic school for grade school. And then went to a Jesuit school for high school and college. Um, taught me a lot of discipline. And I think that's served me well in my business career. I started in uh, as a customer service rep for American Greetings. Um, shortly thereafter, I transferred to a sales rep. I met my wife there. And uh, we started our corporate nomad life, I guess, at that point. Uh, we lived in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, when I was a salesperson, then we transferred back to Cleveland, where I went into sales management. Um, then I was transferred to Detroit um, as a sales a district sales manager, and um, from there down to Atlanta. And then they tried to transfer me back to Cleveland, and I decided Atlanta was uh, better weather than it was in Cleveland, especially in the winter time. So I left uh, American Greetings, and I went to work for a spinoff of Gillette, a um, little company called Hypenex. We took that company public about two years after I joined, and uh, one of our competitors acquired us shortly thereafter, and that's when I got involved with the PAR Group. So that's a little <laughs> bit of my background. Yeah, excellent. Now, the PAR Group, tell us a bit about the PAR Group. So when you joined them, how long have they been around for? Who founded the PAR Group? And what does PAR stand stand for? Sure. Um, I joined in 1990, and uh, they were founded in 1979. So they had been around for about 11 years. Uh, The founder uh, was a fellow by the name of Jim Georges, and he had taken the company to annual revenue of about $3 million. And it had kind of leveled out there. He, he was really looking for somebody who could t- help him take it to the next level. And uh, that's how I got involved. I met him. We talked about um, how we might go about doing that. And um, shortly thereafter, I, after that conversation, I joined the company. 
uh, par uh, is really a shortened version of partners. And what we teach is we teach influencing skills or what some people call leadership skills. But it, it uh, is the shortened version of partner because what we teach is people how to do business as if they were business partners. Mm. Okay, so that's interesting. So who was a typical client back in those days, not necessarily today. So back when you joined in 1990, who was a typical client? And maybe you can give us a case study. You don't have to mention any specific names of what you would come in and do for that business. Um, well, a typical client was a company that had about $100 million in annual revenue, um, had more than 100 employees. Um, we did a lot of business with technical companies um, like Hewlett Packard, like IBM, um, and, and various software companies because they believed in training. Generally, they had some breakdown in their uh, leadership ranks. So we would come in and help them. We didn't really teach them anything new. We just enhanced the leadership skills that they had already. Um, leadership is a funny thing. When you really don't know what you're doing, it's hard to replicate it. So what we did was show people what they do when they're successful and put some titles, some tags to that process so that they could replicate it more often as a conscious competence rather than just an occasional competence. And since 1990, since then to today, has the PAR consulting firm, PAR group, do you still do that kind of thing or has it evolved over the years? That's still our core business, uh, but it's evolved in a way that we were very... Um, one of the reasons the business didn't grow is, is the founder was very strict about if you don't do it the way I want you to do it, I'm not going to do it for you. We're not, we're not going to do business. And one of the things I brought to him or brought to the party when I joined was this idea of why are we walking by this business that's out there? I mean, if, if somebody wants it done the right way, we know the right way to do it. But if somebody wants it done as an overview, just wants to gain knowledge, not necessarily skill, why are we refusing to do that? So I finally talked him into, uh, we collaborated, uh, my partner, we have three partners. The three of us collaborated on a book that gave us another um, continuing revenue source um, that it was, it delivered mailbox money, if you know what I mean. We didn't have to go out and work, uh, but we got the royalties off of the book. And it's now evolved into an online program that we do uh, for people who want that kind of, it's more information rather than actual skill development. It still is necessary to do it in a classroom with some pretty intense coaching uh, to really develop real skill and, and make it stick, make it, make it a conscious competence. Mm -hmm. Can you give us some examples, uh, Patrick, of when you go into a business, what's some of the common mistakes you see that leadership uh, have fallen into and how are you able to go in there and what do you do when you go in there typically and turn it around? 
I, I think the most common situation that I run into, and the reason we get hired, is um, executives say to us, I need to learn how to deal with resistance. That I, I'm trying to drive change in my company, or I'm trying to develop new business because it's also got a sales application. And I'm getting a lot of resistance back. And it's, it's funny because that's, that's, the prob that's where the problem surfaces, but that's not what's causing the problem. The problem is way early on that they don't know enough about their customer, either internal or external. And that's why the resistance shows up in the process. So we give them, we help them listen better, if you will. And it's not, it's not just hearing. It's listening and really interpreting what their customer is telling them early on in reacting to whatever change or whatever um, uh, process they're trying to sell. Mm. And do you find the issue is with the leadership itself, with their approach? Is it the, is it the organizational culture? That's the problem. When you try to affect change, at which is it everywhere you're, you're having to implement uh, new systems? Uh, the, the typical implementation that we do is actually comes in about in the middle of an organization because we're typically hired by an executive to um, improve the skills of his or her direct reports. So we're generally entering kind of in the middle. And what happens is when the, when the middle people realize what we're doing and what, what this skill is and how much it helps them, then they want to drive it down in their organization with their direct reports and, and further on down. And the other thing they ask us is, have you taught my boss this? So it eventually drives itself up the organization which is kind of a unique concept. Um, a lot of the clients, like you mentioned, um, Hewlett-Packard. Hewlett-Packard used our program for, I, I believe it was 28 or 29 years. So it shows you the kind of sticking power because it, it drives itself throughout the organization. Uh, Coca-Cola went so far as to buy the worldwide license to the proprietary technology that we use in the program so that they could customize it and roll it out through the entire Coca-Cola system worldwide. Yeah, fantastic. Are there any case studies uh, that you can share with us? So some of the results you've been able to achieve, you don't have to mention specific names, but maybe some figures of where you've come in and been able to turn things around. Well, it, I can give you a couple of real um, segmented examples. Um, one of the companies that we worked with, and I won't tell you who to keep uh, uh, the confidence, but they had a, a problem. Their big problem was they were having all these meetings and they weren't accomplishing anything. And it was because they'd get into the meetings and they'd talk about things, but they never had a real clearly identified goal up front. So we taught them how to develop decision goals to start the meeting. As a consequence, they have reduced their meeting time by one third uh, throughout the organization, which is 
tremendous productivity when you can give them a third of their meeting time back and, and have them doing something more productive than sitting talking about the richness of what. Um, another, another manufacturing company uh, went to um, integrated teams concept of manufacturing, uh, like quality circles. And they had a hard time dealing with each other because they were all coming from a different place. We went in and talked about how they could all do leadership. Everybody in the team was a leader when it came to their particular expertise. And as a consequence of that, their uh, productivity in, in the manufacturing segment went up by almost 50%. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So not- there, are some, there are some pretty significant results that can be uh, achieved when you have everybody pulling the, the wagon in the same direction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know when I used to work uh, with uh, businesses, uh, w- within businesses, I should say, as an employee, that was one of my big things was I used to ha- always hate meetings, yeah. <laughs> especially meetings that I, I was always busy. I'm, uh, you know, I like to get things done. I'm not a meetings person, so especially when I felt there was too many meetings or they go on too long. So yeah, that's, a, that's, that's a, a I, I think that's a real common problem in, in business today. It still exists today. And when you can go in and very quickly show them how they can save time in the meeting, you become like a hero and, mm-hmm. and then they're saying to you, okay, what else can you do? Yeah. yeah. So for you, for yourself as a director on the, the PAR group, what have you found has helped you, Patrick, to get the word out about your consulting firm and to get clients? Has it been word of mouth referrals or have you, or have you had to do other types of marketing? Um, one of the byproducts of writing the book, um, I mentioned earlier, we, we wrote this book and we wrote the book primarily because our customers were saying, after the training is done, I need some reference. I need something to refer back to, to keep reinforcing this. So the book was created to give our existing clients a reinforcement tool. But what, it, what we found is it's a great marketing tool because when an executive uh, hears about us and calls us and says, tell me what you do, it's really hard to tell them we have we have, what we have is like smoke and unless i can put it in a bottle in their bottle it's hard to describe it so the book describes it very well so what we do a lot with our cold marketing is to send the book out to executives and say here read this if it makes sense and it would be helpful for your company we can help so we get business that way but about 85% of our business our new business comes from referrals because we have a lot of people who have been through par who were like middle management and have moved on to other companies in senior management and bring us back in. I mean, that's still happening to me. I, I worked with a company that's in the animal health business and this company has introduced me to probably 25 different other companies all in animal health, but in different phases that, that I've done business with over the years. 
So it's that kind of thing, 85%. And the secret there is to be very specific when you ask for a referral. You can't just be general because you can't say something like, well, do you know anybody else that could use this? You're asking the person to think of their entire universe, and they can't. So you say to them, do you know anybody else that's in your industry that has more than 100 employees and is having problems with teamwork or having problems with customer service? You make them take their universe and focus it down to a, manage, a manageable group, and from that, they can give you a good, a good referral. Yeah, that's excellent advice, Patrick. And I know for myself, I've, I've written a couple of books that I've published. And so anyone can do this, by the way, writing a book. Anyone can write a book on their area of expertise. And you can self-publish it too. You can go somewhere like Amazon, publish it yourself. You can have digital copies of it. You can even easily publish a physical version. It doesn't even cost you anything if you're using Amazon. And you set yourself up as an authority. And I know myself... Uh, I've had people come to me to ask me to do work for them and it was because of the book. Uh, so it's, it's an excellent strategy. Definitely it works is, really well. It is, it is a great marketing tool. Now, um, we wrote it, the three of us wrote it together. So it wasn't that easy because we all had different ideas. But we did go out and hire an editor who was a great um, like peacemaker, a negotiator, in coming up with the final product. So it's got, it's got a little bit of all three of us in it. Um, but if we had done it just the three of us alone, we would have killed each other. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. I understand that. So um, any big mistakes that you've made along the way, Patrick, especially with Par Group, that you learned from that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I think... I think the biggest mistake we made at the PAR group was when we, when we limited who we would do business with. That I mentioned earlier, unless you do it my way, you, we're not going to do business. Because the, the, the majority of people don't want to invest that much time and effort. They want the information and let me run with it. And I couldn't see walking by that business. So... After a long struggle and many conversations with my partners, we finally agreed that we would do it the way the customer wanted it done. We would tell them, this is what we recommend. This is the best way to do it. But if you want to do it some other way, we're flexible. We'll, we'll modify it to what you need. For instance, most of our programs done the right way take three days. Okay, they can be three days a week apart or two weeks apart, but it takes a total of three days. Um, the first question we get asked is, well, can you do it in two? Well, yeah, I can do it in two. You won't get the same results, but I can do it in two. Well, how much difference are the results? When you start pointing that out, people see the value of spending the three days. Or if they don't, why would you walk away from the business? So that's, that would be the number one lesson. I would say pay attention to what your customers want. You've got, you've got this expertise. You can package it any different way that, you, that your customer may need it. 
okay? Think outside the box how you package it and deliver it in a way that the customer wants it. Yeah, I found the same experience for myself, Patrick. So knowing what I know about digital marketing and get generating leads and sales funnels, online sales funnels, um, it's, it's my understanding, and especially with all the changes that happen in the industry, is very different to my potential client who once has an idea already of what they want to do. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, so I totally understand what you're saying there. And if I was to be very dogmatic about what I offered versus what they wanted, yeah, I could see myself losing a lot of business that yeah, way. And that, that's what we were faced with. That, that was probably the first thing I noticed within the first year that we were walking by so much business. Now, it took me, oh, probably, it took probably three years after that for me to finally convince and get the breakthrough that we would do business in, in the way that the customer wanted us to. And I think it's important too, though, that w what you were saying before about you educating the customer that, yes, we can do it the way you've liked, but this is the consequences. So you're not just saying to them, oh, yeah, well, you're not pretending as though if we do it the way that you, the client wants, wants it done, that they're going to get the, the results that you, that, that they otherwise could achieve if they followed it strictly to your plan. So uh, that's, that's a good approach. And you just mentioned something that's really important there. It's this idea of telling the customer what the consequences are, and they could be good or they could be bad by doing something. And I think too often, many of us are trying to get the business done, and we fail to, to talk about the consequences of doing it this way as opposed to that way. Because consequences are the big thing. If, you know, there's there's... People say there's uh, uh, people fear change. They don't fear change. They fear one of the two outcomes of change. It either, either will work and nobody fears success, but they fear it failure. And if you want to, if you want to get past that fear of failure, you've got to show them that the consequences of doing nothing are worse than the consequences associated with the change or that they're better, you know, either positive or negative. Thank you so very much, Patrick, for everything you've shared with us. It's been extremely valuable. Is there any final thoughts you had for those that are listening today? Uh, yeah, my, my kind of mantra, the thing that I live by, is a saying that I saw someplace, and I don't know who the author is. I don't know who said it, but it's, it's just this. Amateurs practice until they get it right professionals practice until they can't get it wrong. And that's sort of the, the watchword that I live by. I've, I've been doing this a long time, but I still practice. I still learn something every time I do it. Mm, yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, again, we've been listening today with Patrick Malone of The Par Group. Um, and if anyone would like to learn more about what Patrick does or get in contact with Patrick, you could go to um, the website and the website uh, or, or is that the best place, Patrick? And what is your website? Yeah, the website is www.thepargroup.com or in the U.S., my number is 706-835-1308. 
And my email is patrick.malone at thepargroup.com. Great, great. And if anyone that's on my website, you'll have links uh, with all the information at the bottom. Ab- of, of absolutely. Great. Good. All right. Thank you again so very much, Patrick. Really appreciate you being with us and the insight you shared with us today. And I want to thank everyone as well for being here as well. Thanks, John. Hey, John Lagadakis here. If you got something out of today's podcast episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast as each week I'm doing more of these valuable interviews. Also, share it with your friends. Now, if you want to get in contact with me, you can do so anytime through my website, johnlegadakis.com. There's also a lot of great free resources there to help you to get more traffic and leads for your business. This is John Legadakis signing off. I'll see you all next time.